Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. This On Air podcast features attorneys from Myrick O'Connell, a full-service law firm with offices in Worcester, Westboro, and Boston. Today's guest is attorney Brian Casaselli. Brian practices in the Labor and Employment Group at Myrick O'Connell. You can learn how Brian and his colleagues at Myrick O'Connell can assist you with your business and personal legal needs by visiting Myrick O'Connell. We should note that we're recording this episode in the midst of the coronavirus or COVID-19 crisis. So today, Brian focuses on the Emergency Family and Medical Leave Act just passed as part of the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. Brian, welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. It's great to have you with us. Thank you very much, Howard, and it's uh, absolutely a pleasure to be here with you. Well, thanks so much again. I, I know you are so busy, and you're going to actually explain why you've been so busy. So the first question I have is, what does the Emergency Family and Medical Leave Act do? Emergency Family Medical Leave Act was one of two uh, major employment laws that was passed uh, as part of the Families First uh, Coronavirus Response Act, and it uh, creates uh, a uh, new avenue f- uh, of leave for employees to take. Specifically, um, eligible employees can take leave um, when uh, they're unable to work or telework because uh, they need to care for their child uh, if the child's school or place of care has been closed or if the uh, ch- child care provider is unavailable. And, and all of that would be due to a public health emergency. And as uh, you know, listeners can uh, appreciate, uh, schools have been closed uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, I think since in mid-March, and, and at this point, Governor Baker recently extended the closures to um, you know early May, May fourth, I believe. So it's it's certainly something that um, would would come into play. Brian, who does this act apply to specifically? It's broad in its application. It's going to apply to private employers uh, with fewer than 500 employees, so uh, essentially 499 uh, employees and, and uh, lower. Uh, and it's also going to apply to all uh, municipalities uh, in the Commonwealth. So that's a lot. That's a lot of employers. Is there an yeah, ex- it yeah, is. yeah. Is there an exemption for small businesses at all? Yeah, and, and you know this is one of the questions that we've we've been getting uh, with a significant frequency, and I completely understand the reason why. Um, so there is, uh, fortunately, the um, Department of Labor has uh, issued guidance, uh, which makes clear that uh, there are uh, an, is an exemption that employers with fewer than 50 employees can take advantage of uh, if they meet certain criteria. Um, I would direct uh, listeners to the uh, Department of Labor's FAQs, uh, which explain the way in which uh, a small business can apply for an exemption uh, to exclude themselves from having to comply with the uh, Emergency Family Medical Leave Expansion Act. So which employees are eligible for this leave, Brian? You're going to have to be employed uh, by an employer for at least 30 uh, calendar days. Uh, in order to be eligible, meaning that when the leave goes into effect uh, tomorrow or it does go into effect tomorrow, April 1st, you needed to have been uh, on your employer's payroll as of March 2nd, 2020, in order to be able to take the leave um, when it goes into effect. Is the leave provided by the Act paid or unpaid? It's a good question, and uh, it's something that's somewhat unique. Um, So, the first 10 days uh, of an employee's leave under the Emergency Family and Medical Leave Act are actually going to be um, unpaid. Um, during that time, though, 
employees can, but they're not required to uh, use uh, accrued vacation, personal leave, paid sick leave. They can also use their uh, emergency paid sick leave they might have available to them. After that initial 10-day period, however, the paid leave portion is going to kick in. And, and an employee is going to be paid um, in an amount that is at least two-thirds uh, of their regular rate of pay for the time that they're um, you know, regularly scheduled to work, or normally scheduled to work, I should say. But that leave, or, uh, excuse me, the amount of uh, the pay that they're entitled to is capped at $200 per day and $10,000 in the aggregate. I see. Can an employer require employees to provide prior notice of their need for this leave? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the law um, makes clear that uh, when the need for leave is going to be foreseeable, employers can require uh, employees to provide as much prior notice as is practical. Uh, I think that you know when there's an emergency situation and the leave, uh, excuse me, the need for leave is not foreseeable, then the employer should typically require notice as soon as it can reasonably be provided by the employee. Sure. So can an employer require employees seeking leave under this to provide documentation of the need for the leave? And if so, what kind of documentation can be required by the employer? They can and should uh, require documentation in order to uh, approve an employee's uh, use of leave under the uh, Emergency Family Medical Leave Act. In particular, uh, and we expect it to be released in the coming days, um, the IRS is going to put forth applicable forms, instructions, and information on the documentation that employees must provide to the employer. In addition, uh, employers are also urged to consider uh, requesting additional information uh, in support of their need for leave. And that additional information can include uh, notice of closure or unavailability of the, the employee's child's school, and that notice could have been posted online, on the daycare website, the school website, published in a newspaper, received in an email from the um, superintendent or, or principal of the school itself. And once the employer has that documentation, they should keep it in a personnel file uh, for the employee, and you certainly keep a record of it. We, we all know that there has been, for years, the quote-unquote regular Family Medical Leave Act. How does the new Emergency Family Medical Leave Act relate to the original, and is the new one usable, or can an employee take advantage of it for non-coronavirus issues? Great question. So the, um, the new um, Emergency Family Medical Leave Act essentially expands the another reason for which uh, an individual can take uh, FMLA leave, and, and this is due to uh, the closure of, of the child's school as a result of uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Whereas the normal uh, FMLA uh, provisions only apply to uh, employers with 50 or more employees in a 75-mile uh, vicinity, the new uh, emergency family medical leave allows employers or, or brings, excuse me, employers with fewer than 50 individuals into coverage, meaning that an employer now with, let's say, 35 employees, Howard, who normally wouldn't be covered by the FMLA, is now obligated to provide emergency family medical leave you know, to allow an individual to stay home and care for uh, his or her child as a result of the child's school being um, closed. Sure. Is that 
particular requirement that you just mentioned, Brian, taking care of a child whose school has been closed, is that the only requirement? Are there are there other reasons for an employee to apply for this? Yeah, so that would be the only reason under the uh, the, the new law that was passed. Um, if an employee uh, and has actual coronavirus and uh, needs to take leave, then he or she would very likely be eligible for traditional uh, FMLA leave because the coronavirus would constitute a serious health condition under the FMLA. In that case, however, you're only going to be eligible for uh, FMLA if your employer uh, is covered by the FMLA, meaning that um, you you work for an employer who employs 50 or more uh, individuals within a 75-mile radius. And also, I should say uh, that the employee, uh, him or herself, also has to be eligible and by that, I mean, you have to have worked for the employer uh, for at least a year, and uh, you have to have worked at least 1,250 hours uh, within that uh, previous year's time frame. That's very helpful information because it can get confusing. This is called the Family Medical Leave Act, and we, you know, we've had the existing Family Medical Leave Act on the books you know, for a very, very long time. So uh, very helpful information in kind of parsing it and very quickly explaining the differences. So remind us again when this new Family Medical Leave Act, the emergency one, takes effect? Sure. It takes effect uh, tomorrow, uh, April 1st. So here's here's a question from Left Field. Do we anticipate employers yeah. ready for this? Uh, do, how are employers getting ready for this? And what should an employee do if they feel they need to use this new provision? I think uh, many employers are ready for it. Fortunately, the guidance streaming out from the Department of Labor after the law was passed, uh, I think it was March 18th, uh, so employers have uh, you know, had a few weeks to um, take this stuff in, and, and I think as attorneys, we've done our best to ensure that our clients and, and employers out there are apprised of the, the requirements under the law and, and what they have to do to comply. Obviously, everyone's in it together, and, and there will certainly be bumps and bruises and and you know there will be some things to figure out uh, along the way, but I think everyone is is preparing and and doing what they can to put their companies in in the best position going forward. Um, as for what can employees do to request, so employees should have received from their uh, employers a notice of their rights uh, under the Emergency Family Medical Leave, and also a notice of their rights under the Emergency Paid Sick Leave Act, uh, which explains the reasons that they uh, can take leave, how much leave they're entitled to, and several other things that, that they would be uh, interested in. Uh, and then, you know, I would certainly encourage and urge those employees that seek to use the leave to certainly contact their uh, human resources departments or, you know, any other person that's designated to handle such requests for leave of absence by the company. Excellent. Th- thank you, Brian. And Brian mentioned earlier in the interview very quickly about a podcast we did just a few days ago, another on air with Myra O'Connell with employment attorney Amanda Bear, and she talked about what Brian just mentioned, the Emergency Paid Sick Leave Act, which kind of goes in tandem with this. It was passed at the same time, and it has similar intents. Is that right? That's perfectly stated. Absolutely. Right. So do check that out. If folks need to and want to contact you for more information, Brian, how can they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can send send me an email at uh, B 
Casaselli, that's B C A S A C E L I, at myrickoconnell.com, M I R I C K O C O N N E L L.com, or they can give me a call at 508 860 1478. Thank you so much, Brian. We know you are very busy, as uh, we can imagine with these new developments and just with the whole COVID 19 crisis going on. We want to thank you so much for appearing on this episode of On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Thanks, Brian. Thank you very much for having me, Howard. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. You can learn how Brian and his colleagues at Myrick O'Connell can assist you with your business and personal legal needs by visiting MyrickO'Connell.com. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. I'm Howard Kaplan. On behalf of Myrick O'Connell and attorney Brian Cassaselli, thanks for joining us on this episode. Take care and stay safe.